This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Hello, and welcome to the Theology Gaming Podcast. My name is Zachary Oliver, the owner and proprietor of the Theology Gaming Blog. And with me today are two special guests who woke up at some ungodly hour, (laughs) at least for most of us, to talk to me because of bad scheduling. Yay! (laughs) And if you couldn't tell from that laugh, one of us is Nathan Marchand or Nathan Marchand. Hello, I lo- I'm glad to be back here again, but uh, I don't know how much responsibility I can take for any random things that come out of my mouth, because I haven't been up this early in forever. <laughs> Including ants? Yes. <laughs> and second, we have our resident sleeping bear from Texas, Brian Hall. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, and, and I didn't know, Nathan, that you were French. Well, I have a French surname, mm. and uh, he like uh, Zach likes to pronounce it very Frenchy. So I was really smart in French. I skipped French too and went to French four. Well, aren't you special? Yeah, yeah so, that's great, Zach. So I know but, well, absolutely uh, no uh, conversational French at all. <laughs> if I ever have to admit that my surname is French, I th- I immediately tell people, "Don't worry, my ancestors were in the French Resistance. We tried to kick out Hitler." tried just so you're not known as a cheese eating surrender monkey yeah (laughs) okay moving Uh away from the political (laughs) that again terribly random (laughs) we we might i when i am deprived of sleep i act like i'm drunk especially while playing video games (laughs) yeah well that's how the early morning always feels to me like i'm drunk all right well (laughs) Let's get to our actual podcast topic. We have a topic today, which is pretty amazing to me. And it's about video games to which you return. So what kind of big games do you like to return to, etc., etc. But before we talk about that, because I know you're all dying with anticipation in the early morning, uh, we're going to talk about stuff we're playing. And I guess it's been delegated upon me to go first. Yep, you're up. All right. Uh, as the reviews on the Theology Gaming site might indicate, I have been playing a heck of a lot of Hyrule Warriors. <laughs> Better so. known as uh, Link in Dynasty Warriors? Yeah, or uh, Zelda fan surfers up the wazoo. <laughs> and uh, I'm not really a big 3D Zelda fan. I have notable criticisms of most of the games, including Ocarina of Time. Please, Internet, do not kill me. But I'm sorry, that might be grounds for a stoning. I'm sorry. I, I think it's the worst 3D Zelda game, but whatever. Really? Wow, yeah. okay. We have agreement wow. here. I know. It's rare. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised. And I also think Twilight Princess is like the better version of Ocarina of Time, so there's my other statement. Uh do with it as you will. Send me an angry email. I'm sure I'll get one. <laughs> so anyway, Hyrule Warriors. I'm not, like, the biggest Dynasty Warriors fan in the world. The most recent one I played was earlier this year, Dynasty Warriors 8. And while it's a okay game, I wouldn't say it's a favorite game. <laughs> There's not, like, me going to play it over and over again. Because after you've played the 30 guys with the spear, the 30 guys with the sword, and then the other 20 guys with the weird bludgeoning weapon, whatever it might be, it gets a little tiring. <laughs> 
Yeah, I have a friend who is a huge fan of that franchise and games like that, and I can't get into those games for that long. Yeah. You know, they just start getting way too repetitive and boring. I mean, I can play them in short spurts, but he's the guy who will play them for hours on end just so he can unlock everything. Yeah, I don't quite understand how people play normal Dynasty Warriors games and enjoy them. Because at some point, it just becomes this arcane leveling up, finding weapons in a specific battlefield situation. And I just, I don't understand what's so interesting about it. It's like game design from like 15 years ago. <laughs> I can't yeah. understand why anyone would design a game to be played for 80 hours and all it is is you mashing one button until you win. Well, Hyrule Warriors is a little different than that. That's why I was pleasantly surprised. So it's Zelda fan service, right? I mean, do you, you guys understand this whole, like, we're going to make games for the fans sort of deal? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I'm not a big Zelda fan myself, and I but I know a lot about Zelda because I played them all. <laughs> so it was intriguing to me that they were going to make a Dynasty Warrior Zelda game. So I was basically saying to myself, well, either it'll be okay or it'll be really good. But I didn't think <laughs> it would be, like, my favorite game of last year. <laughs> Remind me what studio uh, worked on this. So the studio that normally works on Dynasty Warriors games is Omega Force, and they've been doing that for about 13, 14 years now. That's but, a pretty awesome name. Yeah. <laughs> but they've basically been making the same game over and over and over again. It's because so, they're the Omega Force. So they've had plenty of time to refine it and make a bunch of spinoffs, which have also been of similar quality in jankiness. <laughs> yeah, they're they're not like the highest budget games in the world. They have like this niche audience, so and they just keep making games for them. But anyway, the other game maker that's involved in this, other than let's say Nintendo for obvious reasons, is Team Ninja, who make the Ninja Gaiden games, which has not been true of Dynasty Warriors games in the past. So what, huh. so what ends up happening in Hyrule Warriors is that the combat is pretty great. Which was surprising to me. So the big difference is that there's a actual dodge button, which has invincibility oh. frames, and also allows you to cancel a lot of long attack animations. So there's a lot of strategy and nuance to combat now. Instead of just Thank like God away. <laughs> yeah. And even though you kinda lose the weapon switching in Dynasty Warriors eight, this one has the most varied movesets out of probably any game in the series that I can mention. And it's also mm. pretty difficult. I've managed to die quite a few times because I'm not paying attention to what's happening on the battlefield. So it actually forces you to pay attention to that giant map and all the messages that go by and actually know what you're doing. Because you basically just have to run around and figure out how to control the battlefield with your abilities. Because you will swing the tide of any engagement just by being in one area, but you can't be everywhere at once. So you kind of have to figure out where you need to be at a particular point in a battle so that you can actually win. (laughs) And at the same time, you're doing the combat, which is really well designed so far. I mean, I've been playing for like 60, 70 hours at this point. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, because there's the story mode, right? Which is the typical story mode. And then there's adventure mode, which is basically a bunch of tiered challenges 
like kill this number of enemies or kill several bosses simultaneously or only do an area with a specific character. So basically this mode is kind of like the Zelda world map and every single square has a neat little challenge for you to do. And a lot of the times this is like to unlock new weapons, new costumes, uh, new places, new characters, all this stuff. And you basically have to do these and do them well. Because if you don't get gold rank, which is basically the game's equivalent of, uh, you know, you're the best, (laughs) then you basically unlock something new. But getting a gold rank is easier said than done. And leveling up alone will not get you a gold rank because you actually have to know what you're doing. So as you can imagine, this is a giant feedback loop, and I've basically been playing it to the point of mastery, and I think my link is level 68 or something, Mm. (laughs) and the level cap is 149. What? It was originally originally 99, and then they patched in 50 more levels, so... Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's about as... That's not quite as crazy as Dragon's Crown, which originally had a level 99 level cap, and then it was patched into, to like, 249 yeah, really, or something. That game really didn't need it. <laughs> but this one does. I, I probably, I, I, the only reason I can think of that they added them uh, was so that you could actually max out every stat. Yeah, if you really wanted to that that badly. <laughs> So, Zach, this game sounds horrifically boring. Why would I want to play it? Because uh, the combat and the challenge is amazing. I, I don't know how to really explain it in the words, but I wouldn't, the... I wouldn't recommend it innocuously is what I'm saying. I mean, you, you told me to go sell everything that I own, go pick up a Wii U, and, and buy this game to play with my son co-op. So I, I'm just trying to figure this one out. Well, I'm not sure about the co-op now because I played it co-op and... There's a lot it's of bad. slowdown. Mm. It's not that it's bad, because it, it actually lets you bring another person into basically anything in the game. And one person uses the gamepad, and the other person uses the TV. So that's all well and good. But the bigger problem is that like there's a lot of slowdown. <laughs> and since the game runs natively at like 60 frames per second, that's problematic. It starts like mm-hmm. getting into like the teen single digits territory if there's too much stuff going on. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, so... But anyway, Hyrule Warriors is really fun to play. And I think these little tiered challenges kind of just keep you playing. Because I do want to unlock some of the later stuff. And I actually want to play with some of the characters who I haven't even touched yet. So that's what's kind of kept it interesting for me. <laughs> I mean, I like nice. it more than Bayonetta 2, so... Wow! Just, mm-hmm. just putting it out there. And if you think the combat's repetitive, you just have to master its tiny nuances. Like, uh, you know, because they throw the whole Ocarina of Time combat system into the game, so every officer is kind of like fighting one of those enemies in uh, a 3D Zelda game. You know, you kind of wait for them to do an attack, and then they have, like, a weak point meter, and then you smack it. And then once it's drained out, you do, like, a super powerful attack to that officer or general, whatever. And... um, Doing this at the same time is also trying to figure out whether or not you're going to win the battle because you're in the wrong place. <laughs> There's a lot of interesting tension in the game and interesting decisions. So I have to ask, is Navi uh, helping you with the officers? Thank God, no. There's a new There's a new fairy called Proxel or something? Proxy? I can't remember. But anyway, she's like 100 times less annoying because she doesn't talk very much. 
I, I, I honestly, I argue that Navi was fine. It was the fairy in Majora's Mask who was useless and obnoxious. Tattle? Oh, she has the little ring. Ding, Yeah. <laughs> At least she doesn't yell, hey, listen. Yeah, well, and actually, I think she might have or said something similar, but she never had anything useful to tell you about enemies. At least Navi did. That's because, like, Navi's a robot. <laughs> At least Tattle has personality. <laughs> I never played Majora's Mask. Uh, Majora's Mask is worth your time because it's just super weird. I have it. it. Is. It's like the David Lynch of Zelda games. <laughs> The David Lynch Zelda game. Yeah, hey, dream sequence. Woo! <laughs> it's like that whole game. Yeah, I need to play through it again. It's kind of like our brains right now at this hour. Yeah, woozy <laughs> and full of coffee, and just a little bit tired. <laughs> just a little. So, Nathan, what have you been playing? I have been playing loads and loads and loads of Arkham Origins. To the point where I think it's slowly turning me into Batman because I stay up. <laughs> You're the knight. My, par- my my parents aren't dead yet, thankfully, but <laughs> I've been I've been staying up for uh, way too long playing this game, and then I end up sleeping in way too much. So I'm like, oh, this must be how Bruce Wayne feels. <laughs> are you Are you the knight? Uh, am I on I am the knight mode? You mean? <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't gotten there yet. I'm. I, I finished the game as I posted on uh, on the the Facebook group. TG, I finished clear the, the queue. Yeah, I finished the first story mode. I have not started with uh, story mode plus or new game plus, whatever they call it. I've seen it under two different names. I haven't started that yet because I'm taking care of some loose ends <clears throat> in uh, the first story mode, trying to find. All, uh, do some of the other side missions find all of the Enigma are really the Riddler items that are scattered throughout the city which is always the biggest chore in a Batman Arkham game the thing that's been getting to me though is I realized this the other night when I was playing was for whatever reason they're the only people who are in Gotham City right now are criminals cops Batman and the occasional civilian hostage there's nobody else there they, there's a curfew everybody yeah, went I home <laughs> they all went no, home even, <laughs> I, I, get, I suppose that yeah that probably is their explanation for where I kept I was just I noticed that I was like this is Christmas Eve. In a major metropolitan area, and I see nobody but criminals around. What? At least with Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, there were reasons why you weren't seeing other people besides the enemies and such around. Because one was the Asylum, so that's the only people you would see there. And in City, it was supposed to be a section of Gotham that was quarantined off. (laughs) I I think the explanation (laughs) in Arkham Origins is there's a curfew, there's a blizzard outside, and there's like... Bounty hunters outside trying to kill that, Batman. Yeah. I don't think it's a very good true. explanation, though, for it being, like, empty. <laughs> yeah. Because, like I said, I'm wandering around. It's like, I see cops, criminals, and, you know. <laughs> no one else lives in Gotham. Of course, the way Gotham is, you would think that that's probably the only kinds of people who live there. <laughs> that's why Batman has to, has to go clean the place up. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, I, like I said, just taking care of some loose ends, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna try New Game Plus. I think I tried a little uh, 
because I have all of the Arkham games. I think I start. I can't remember if I. I think I started a game on Arkham City on New Game Plus, but I don't know. I don't think I played through the whole thing. I know I played through Arkham Asylum at least twice because I that is the only game on my PlayStation Three where I have a platinum trophy because I got all the achievements. So you actually liked it, huh? Oh yeah, I, I like the Batman Arkham games. There, it's it's one of I, that series is one of the few games that I've played because I like playing a lot of superhero games where I honestly feel like I am that superhero. Kind of and like Superman I wish, 64 or what are you talking about Superman 64 <laughs> yeah well that was about Superman right I mean that, that Superman, was a superhero game yeah he loves hoops Superman yeah, loves yeah hoops. the hoops yeah the hoops <laughs> he loves hoops so much he's gonna yeah. save the world by going through hoops somehow <laughs> yeah whatever so I I've kind of been, I kind of want every other superhero game to be on this sort of a level. I don't think... it. Not every superhero game can be designed the same way. I just want someone to actually make more superhero games where you feel like you are that superhero. Yeah. And you don't feel like you're... Something about that superhero is being left out of the game and you can't quite do. But even the Arkham games add something new every time. I mean, Arkham Knight, you're going to finally be able to use the Batmobile. Batmobile. You're making a big deal about that. Oh, did you play any of them on hard difficulty? Just curious. I had to play Arkham uh, Arkham Asylum on hard to get all the achievements. Yeah, so, it's, yes. um, it's not that hard. Yeah, I actually didn't <laughs> notice much difference on Asylum. I was like, okay, I'm on hard. I think the only but difference, what's the difference? The only difference is that on combat sequences, the enemies provide no tells. You know how they usually like, oh no, I'm about to attack. Here's this big thing above my head. Yeah. Well, they don't do that on hard mode. Uh, they must have designed. They must have designed that a little bit differently with uh, with the games after that. Because when I played on Origins, and I think this was the same on City. I think you Predator had, might you, be a little more. Uh, you might be a little more fragile in Predator mode because I remember getting like shot down and like. I think two they. Hits. I think they were. I think they were supposed to be able to see you more easily too. Yeah. Basically, if but, you um, get seen, you're gonna die. Yeah, but uh, but the, what I, well, the thing is is that on Origins, when I started a game, it said you can play. It gave me choices of difficulties, and then it said on New Game Plus, and I think City did the same thing. It said that in the in New Game Plus, you won't get the indicators for counters and such at that yeah. point. Yeah, it's not really hard with without counters. It's a little more challenging. I mean, because otherwise you're just pressing buttons in time like a Dance Dance Revolution. So. Yeah. What I want to know is, what is I Am the Knight? That was new on Origins. <laughs> I Am the Knight. I Am Vengeance. I Am Batman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is this supposed to do? I know what New Game Plus is, but what is I Am the Knight? And it won't even tell me what it is until I finish <laughs> uh, New Game Plus. Because normally when you highlight the mode, it will give you a little descriptor. Yeah, you don't get descriptors for any of the unlockable modes until you finish the previous Look, if, mode. If you're the Batman, you'll understand what it means. <laughs> well, like I said, the game is slowly turning me into Batman, apparently. If I start <laughs> talking like Clint Eastwood and wearing cowls. <laughs> you got issues, then. That's that's all that's going on there. <laughs> well, Batman's got a laundry list of issues. He's, you know, the only, the only thing that's keeping him from joining Arkham Asylum and all those crazy villains is... I'm not sure what it is. Because he's the knight. The night cannot be contained. Wow, I, I am the night mode. That sounds like a Will Smith movie. 
It does. I'm like, what is that? Maybe it's Hitch. Maybe it's Hitch. Hitch 2, I am the knight. Hitch 2, I am the knight. <laughs> where, where Will Smith's advice is, you know, be yourself, unless you can be Batman. Always be Batman. Unless you can be Batman, go kill them all. I mean, don't kill <laughs> Batman doesn't kill people. No, he has kill. one rule. Hurt them to the point of death, but don't kill them. <laughs> Break their arms, but don't kill <laughs> Break their legs, too. Because somehow that will knock them unconscious. It must be the shock of the pain. Ouch. Because that's what Batman does in the Arkham games. You do a takedown move and he breaks somebody's arm. Ouch, I fall down. I'm like, okay, so is the sh- is the pain uh, so shocking it knocks him out? Is that? <laughs> yeah, that's got to be it. Oh, hey, Brian. Yeah. What have you been playing? What have I been playing? Um, Two games. I've had Bravely Default going for... Uh, ever since Christmas. Bravely Default. Bravely Default. So we've got a little RPG going on the 3DS. Um, it's not too bad. It's kind of an old school RPG where you've got the story about the crystals and you have to go around and go uh, bring them back to life because evil's kicked into the world and something bad's happened. Oh, goodness. Um, it sounds like my kind of game. It, it totally is. And so the battle system encourages you to either be uh, brave and so you can use up multiple turns on a single turn. Um, but that in turn leaves you open and you can't use that character then for say like four turns. Um, or you can default. And so you default your move to the next, uh, time you, you know, you come around in the battle system and, um, that allows you to kind of power up your character for maximum damage, but it's okay. Um, the other game I've been playing is, uh, Bioshock infinite. Wait, wait, it's just okay. I just, it's just okay. What do you mean? Just Okay. I don't know. I've put like 11, 12 hours into it and it's just, it's okay. You don't like Final Fantasy V though. I've never played Final Fantasy V. I can, you know what? It's kind of similar. It's, it's not bad though. I mean, it's, it's pretty fun. Is it worth buying a 3DS for? Um, no, that would be Fire Emblem that would be worth buying a 3DS for. <laughs> okay. Cause, is, uh, 3DSs are really cheap as of right now. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, the 2DS is, Eighty nine ninety nine uh, premium refurbished at GameStop. So premium. You, yeah. Well, I mean, I buy. What does a ref- that mean? I, I bought a refurbished console. My Wii U is it works fine. Well, that oh. was Nintendo, so I don't know about GameStop's policies regarding this. But uh, no, yeah, yeah. I, I would recommend if you're going to get a 3ds, it would be for Fire Emblem. It would not be for Bravely Default. No. Well, but actually, I haven't played enough Fire Emblem to really say. But again, I've I've sunk over ten hours into Bravely Default, so something's up with it because I do like it. Huh, okay. Um, but versus the other game I'm playing, which is causing spiritual concern, um, I've been playing. Have you guys played Bioshock Infinite? I seem to own it for some I reason. I want to. Want I to? really want to because I played the first Bioshock and loved it. I realize Infinite is supposed to be a lot different, but mm-hmm. the series fascinates me, so it's on my list. Mm-hmm. Real interesting because, you, you know, you've got faith, politics, um, kind of a deconstruction of crazy world leaders. Uh, it's an interesting game. And then the contrast of these super violent acts that you're doing and it's light outside and it's kind of weird. Um, I was ready to quit, though. I'd killed so many people. I'm just like, I, I don't know about this game. The, the first 30 minutes of it, there's no violence. And it introduces you to the world of Columbia. And it's really cool. But then all of a sudden you just start killing people. 
And normally that doesn't bug me. In this game, it's really bugged me. It's, it's graphic. Um, so I was about to quit, and then I went and saved the girl I was after. Her name's Elizabeth, and the game kind of changed. She's like a Disney princess locked in this super dark fantasy. Um, it's interesting. <laughs> it's, it's been good. but Yeah, that sounds like a Bioshock game, but I've only played the first one. But it liked playing around with, mor- uh, with moral dilemmas like mm-hmm. that. Except mm-hmm. in the first game, it was there were these the the little girls that were being protected by the big daddies. Yeah, and creepy. you were supposed to you could you could go catch them after you defeat the big daddies, mm-hmm. and you had one of two options: you could either restore them to you know, to their human states because. Rapture was the city you were in. They did lots of genetic engineering and screwed a lot of things up. Yep. You could either restore them to uh, to human, but you wouldn't get as much energy from them, and you use the energy to get power-ups and abilities. Yep. Or you could, as they justified it, put them out of their misery and kill them, and you would get more energy. Huh. Yeah, and I never, I didn't kill any of them. I was nice. You were <laughs> a killer. I couldn't huh? bring myself. I couldn't bring myself to do it. <laughs> you, you were nice. I spared them. <laughs> well, no, okay, I just made them human again, and just like I'm okay with not getting as much energy. I can't kill them. They're little so you're, girls. You were playing the game as Batman then. Yes, <laughs> you were Batman in Rapture. Nice. Yeah, infinite best best superpower in the game so far that I've had is um, you can send a flock of crows at people, and it just they it just start they like shred these people to bits, and so as they're distracted, you just sit there with your gun and you pick them off. <laughs> that sounds sadistic, actually. Now that I'm it talking does. about it, but <laughs> there might be some meta commentary there. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Although so in Arkham, although in Arkham Origins, you can sum, uh, summon a swarm of bats to stun people. So yeah, we like swarming people with tiny creatures. It's just just a thing. Bat stun. <laughs> Actually, I think it is called bat stun. Thank you. <laughs> no wait, no, it's bat swarm. That's what it is. Uh, Darn. <laughs> but there is so a cave stun. Whenever you talk about Batman now, all I think of is the Lego Movie. <laughs> yeah, you're thinking movie. of Will Arnett. That's who you're thinking. Of. Yeah, I'm I'm dark and my parents died and everything sucks and you know it's it's that. <laughs> now I'm thinking it, of his theme song. That is such a weird movie. I love that movie. That's because it's written by the guys who made Twenty One Jump Street. That's it. Actually, has a similar vibe to that movie. Also, also cloudy with a chance of meatballs. In that, okay, yeah. Yeah, and it feels like it. That makes sense. That is the only movie that can ever be produced where Batman can hang out in the Millennium Falcon for a minute. <laughs> that was nerdtastic. <laughs> That's because he was cool, and he was with cool people. But there are a bunch of dudes hanging out in a spaceship, and what's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's weird. That's weird. Huh. Yeah, because it, it is. Um <laughs> <laughs> Should we get back on topic? Oh, no, no. Let's just before keep this, going. Before this turns into that postmodern podcast that I listen to. Oh. <laughs> okay, we <laughs> talked about... this podcast, I might add. Okay, we're, we're talking about what we're playing. But now we're going to talk about something different. <laughs> let's, but now for something completely different. Let's, let's dive into a theology gaming question, or at least an article that's been really pushing it uh, this week in the forum. 
Um, have you, did you guys read the article on worship songs? Uh, oh yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, what did uh, you think of it? Been, I've not been that involved with the with the discussion because it's gotten mm-hmm. terribly involved, and I only have so much time for Facebook. Understand. <laughs> but I've been, at least been trying to follow it. I just haven't gotten involved. Yeah. It has been interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But uh, as I pointed out, I've sung at least at least half of the worship songs that they had on there. Yeah, and I understand why what their issues are with those songs. And there are other songs that I can think of, modern worship songs that I've had issue with because I didn't think they were quite theologically accurate, mm-hmm. and it made me miss hymnals. I mean, I grew up. I've grown up with being exposed to both hymns and modern worship songs but i i have to admit i i do kind of prefer hymns more than modern worship songs because there's more substance to them and most of them don't have as at least the ones that i've been exposed to don't have as many theo- uh, theology problems i know there are some that have major theology problems mm-hmm. i've not sung them as far as i know yeah yeah, what what ends up bugging me with more modern worship is when you have a times five in parentheses, and we're just yeah. going to sit here. We're going to repeat this now for a little bit, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I've actually gotten to the point where I've instituted a rule for myself, whether it's at church or elsewhere, because my church likes to mix it up, and that is, I will only sing a particular chorus twice, and then after that. I stop and I let other and I just let them keep going until they're done because I'm like I'm I've twice is enough for me. You're not getting in the moment. No. <laughs> yeah, that's usually what they do in my church. It's like the chorus just goes on repeatedly, and it's like okay, well, you know, you have a chorus policy. <laughs> there should be a chorus policy in all churches. So, so Wait. here's my big question on this article. Do you think it's helpful to critique worship songs in the manner that it did? Yes. Yes. Uh, somewhat. Somewhat. I think the justification needs to be very theologically based and not just like, ha ha ha, I found this little thing in this song. Because most I agree of, with, I most agree of with the you. author, didn't you think, though, that most of what he wrote, a lot of it was just personal preference? Yeah, and that's where it kind of bugged me a little bit. Yep. Especially the one about the, the Tetragrammaton. Fancy name for the Yahweh's. Which had nothing to do with the movie Equilibrium. No, has nothing the, to do with And the Grammaton Clerics, which that's uh, what I thought of. But anyways. <laughs> no. Wow, Any, I haven't seen that movie in forever. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. I used to think it was better than The Matrix. I know I'm wrong now, but it's still a cool movie. Anyway, before I get on that random aside about a movie, I think that there's always this inclination for us to like say, oh, this worship song is bad. And I, I get it. I get it, right? I, I don't personally love the How He Loves song because I think the cadence is awful and I don't get it. And then there's something about sloppy wet kisses with the earth and the sky. Oh. Yeah, and they have to change the lyrics because, you know, Christians are scared of the sloppy wet kisses. <laughs> I'm not even sure what that is. I'm just, I, I, it just doesn't sound appropriate for a worship song. Yeah, honestly. I know. That's the, my the, thing. The, it's the, not because I'm scared of them. It just it doesn't sound appropriate. It does. It's not the proper decorum. That's what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. I mean, you can have your own personal preference with worship and stuff. But like when I go to my church, my church is full of youngins. So, and I guess youngins in this case means 
people who are in youth group. So it, my church is trying to appeal to young people, right? And that's an admirable goal. And they do all most of these, like, worship songs that I don't really get. But at yeah. the same time, I don't want to distract from the actual worship of other people. Mm-hmm. So... You mean, you mean other people worshiping God, right? Yeah. And like, not, I'm not going to go... worshiping other people. Okay. Like in the middle of how he <laughs> yeah. loves us, Good right? Good clarification. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even at this hour, I'm still a grammar Nazi. <laughs> That's good. I don't like to interfere with them, so I basically sing the song as it's written. And sometimes I just don't sing parts of the song that I think are stupid or sound stupid in my head. Well, th- see, for me, I understand the things about personal preferences, and I have personal preferences myself. The ones I take issue with the most are the ones that I question their theology, because unfortunately, and I know this is kind of a stereotype that gets thrown at Christians by non-Christians, but unfortunately, I've met people for whom it's kind of true, and that is, I think some people let worship songs define their theology a bit more than the Bible which was so, which was a good thing back when people couldn't read. Because yeah, those, well, the hymns, that was, and that was why and that's yeah. why old hymns are actually more theologically sound. Yeah, that's because they but, were actually reading it right, and they were going through this book, and that's why most of the references are cool and interesting. You know, how many worship songs do you know now that are referencing Ezekiel's dry bones or something like that? Well, yeah, well, that was actually the song I was thinking of because that uh, that song I can't. What is that one called? I can't remember. But you know this. Oh, I can't. The title is escaping me. What? Yeah, darn it. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. But you know, it also makes reference to uh, to David building the temple, building a temple of praise. Like that is completely biblically inaccurate. David wanted to build the temple, <laughs> but he never got to because God said that he was. Uh, too much of a man of war, so Solomon was going to get to build the temple. Yeah. <laughs> so I was oh, like, crazy. how could you get that something that obvious, that wrong? It's not even like some sort of debatable theological issue. It's like historical fact. This is what the Bible says. Okay? It's just, what the crap? <laughs> but we're and singing this up, and it's special. I guess. Yeah. And then the, there are other parts of the song that I think you can't, you can't, you I have to tell people that you can't take it literally. It's meant to be metaphorical, you know, and well, the problem is, is people want to take it in some weird way, take it literally and just, no. <laughs> I want to touch you. I want to see your face. Yeah. Oh, you, so those aren't literal. That's what you're saying. Yeah, those are not those are not literal. They're <laughs> heck. I, I would even make the argument that they're technically not even biblical. I don't think the. I don't even think the Psalms use terminology like that. Yeah, that is slightly weird. But anyway, for me, I just don't see any reason to like go in there and go blah blah blah. Your worship songs are bad because I understand that the theology might be wrong, but that also might be the direction of that church i just don't know so even though i don't like stuff i just have to say well at some level people are connecting to this song and if i have a really big problem with it then i would go to like church leadership and ask about it but that's a really hard line to go for because the kiss line doesn't i don't care right even though i don't like how he loves the kiss line's not going to kill me. 
I do admit, I think for, I think in most cases, this probably falls under the, yeah, personal uh, what's the, uh, well, not just personal preference. I was trying to get all biblical about it because this is theology gaming podcasting and a matter of interpretation. Uh, well, that and uh, what was it? That's, uh, Paul talked about it. You know, there uh, falls under the 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 Christian freedom category, you know, or I was going to say weaker brother issue, but that's you know th- that's that a little sounded more a little uh, judgmental. I know. I was trying. That's why I didn't want to use that term. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it, it's still, but it's still like it's kind of one of those things where you know, for some people, yeah, you know, as Paul was talking about, for some people, eating meat sacrificed to idols. Is sinful, but for most, but for others, it's not. So if he went someplace and ate with someone who thought it was sinful, he wouldn't do it for their sake and that sort of a thing. You know, it's one of those things where it's not a huge problem that you that you know that has to be addressed. You know, Brian, what do you think? What do I think? Do you have any um, personal preference for worship songs? <laughs> You know, I, I grew up in a church where a lot of these songs were being written um, in the secret. A lot of them come from the Jesus movement of the 1960s. Um, and so a, a lot of them, uh, they're very me-focused. They, they typically tend to be some of these songs. Um, and some of the lyrics are just kind of weird. Uh, I've grown to really love hymns. And um, there's such a large uh, breadth of hymns. I don't know why we don't sing more of them at the same time i also wonder why we're not writing uh more of our own worship songs uh as individual churches it's kind of a kind of a thought i went to a lot of churches where they they'd write their own worship songs i always thought it was really cool probably because not every church has a songwriter in their congregation they should it should be a requirement on staff um yeah now probably not but i mean you know you just kind of wonder if we're such creative beings. Sometimes I think we're capable of a little bit more, but sell ourselves short. It maybe, and so I just I just kind of wonder because I also wouldn't think that uh, at least with song worship that you wouldn't want that to become stagnant at the same time. Because after a while, you can only sing some of these songs so many times, and then you just want to kind of start screaming. It's like okay, I'm I'm done. <laughs> it's it's time for something new. Some people don't get bored of them though. Uh, I know and. I, I don't know. I, I do. I, I used to write songs, and so I guess maybe that's why it bugs me. I'm suddenly thinking back on uh, to college when I, w- I went to a Christian university, and we we had chapel three times a week, and Ugh. my my English professor spoke at one of the chapels, and no joke, actually compared in while he was talking in chapel. To the entire student body and compared modern worship songs and their repetition to some of the kind of mind-numbing things that were being done to the citizenry of Brave New World. (laughs) Wow, which which school did you go to, Nathan? Taylor University, Fort Wayne. Taylor University, okay. Which, unfortunately, that campus has been closed by by the main campus, which makes me angry closed after you left they're like we're done yeah a couple years after i left i was kind of ticked yeah so so swapping topics here real quick um i saw that someone had asked i think it was stephen moore had asked on the theology gaming university forum um he asked what games he's going to have two people over to his house i think it was a brother and maybe another family member 
and he's got a PlayStation 3, and he asked which uh, multiplayer games uh, everyone would recommend. What do you guys recommend? Uh, that's hard. What do you, what do you guys does he play? Want local? Does he want local multiplayer? Lo- local couch, yeah. Local. Now, unfortunately, there aren't a lot of... It also depends on how many people he wants to have playing, uh, so th- because there aren't that many PlayStation 3 games that have local... Multiplayer with more than two people. <laughs> Ray- Raymond Origins is one. Or, yeah. Or, or Legends, which is probably it's one of my most favorite multiplayer games in a long time. It's and that's only if you have someone who is up to the technical level that can play with you, because it it does take Te- uh, a bit of effort. Tekken or- Tag Two might be fun because that's four player local multiplayer. Oh yeah, well you know what? Any fighting game with a tag mode. Would actually be really good. Yeah, st- uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken. That you could do that. Yeah, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat, but that might be a little too gory if you didn't want that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you can kill um, people horribly together. Yeah, uh, if if you're okay with uh, with a lot of you know cheesy pro wrestling stuff, I would also <laughs> recommend uh, WWE All Stars. That's also four player local multiplayer, and it's a lot of fun. Ah, that was good. This sounds like fun. Um, yeah, it, 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 all the characters look like superhero action figures, and all the physics are exaggerated. It's, it's uh, a Resident, blast. Resident Evil Five. That'd be you my re- recommendation. Is that just uh, two player co op, or you think it's three? It's just two player. No, just two. About it. Too bad. But I, I, Resident Evil two, Five is really good. <laughs> that game has. What's interesting about that is that it is co op, but you can also play it online. Yeah. Oh. Oh wait, there is uh, there's another All Stars game that you could they could try out, and that was uh, it's like PlayStation All Stars or whatever it's called. Yeah, it's like the PlayStation yeah. version of uh, Smash, Smash Brothers, Brothers, but not yeah. really that that good. <laughs> it's not nearly as good. It isn't. I've played it. I, I kind of got annoyed with its it's gameplay. PlayStation All Stars Battle Royal. Oh man, that's a confusing yeah. name. So there's those. Uh, Diablo three was another one that I thought of. You know, Diablo is like the perfect couch co-op game. Because you can play up to four players on that. Yeah. Here's the thing about the PlayStation 3, though, is how many people own more than two controllers? I own one, and then I own one crappy Uh, third-party controller. (laughs) Technically, I own three, but but I only have my... The only original controller, real controller I have is the one that came with the system, and then I bought a goofy corded controller that was super cheap at GameStop because I had just gotten Marvel vs. Capcom and wanted to be able to play Versus. Mm-hmm. And I have a fight pad, which is mm-hmm. only good for fighting games or old beat-em-ups on the arcade. So, yeah. You know what? Like, I have my 360, and I have four controllers for that, but I don't have four controllers for PS3. So. Yeah, and that's, a, that's I what I need to remedy that personally. But controllers are ungodly expensive. It's also really hard to get the like they're like fifty bucks for PS3 controllers, right? Something like that. Mm-hmm. I think they've lowered the price for PS3 because I think Sony's trying to is slowly phasing the PS3 out, but <laughs> but it's not that fast. So no. so any other games you guys can think of? Yeah, buy a Wii U. All the games are on that. All. The games are- <laughs> That is like the local multiplayer machine. Um, I never played Fat Princess was another one I could think of. Fat Princess? Is that local co-op? 
I think it was local co-op. I could be wrong. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. I should know these things. How do you pronounce it? I guess it it does. It does. Is it it Trine or Trine? Trine. Trine. Trine is a three-player local co-op. Yeah, that has local co-op. Double Dragon Neon. Yeah. Oh, yes. That one's fun. Uh, Let's see. I'm just thinking of other stuff off the top of my head. Final, the new, the uh, remake of Final Fight was good too. Was that? Yeah, that's that was is also that three players yet. Uh, yes. Okay, that is can't play the three players. Castle Crashers. Yeah, Castle yeah, Crashers. There you go. There you go. These are download games, though. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> Thing that's killed me over Castle Crashers is it's like sixteen bucks. Really? Still? Yeah, it's too much. I think the Steam sale last time had it at like two ninety nine. Yeah, PSN hasn't gone that low. Or a dollar yeah. forty nine, I think, was one of the sales. Yeah. And you guys, some of you may hate me for saying this, but uh, Dragon's Crown. <laughs> uh you know what? That is not a bad choice. Um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, that's good too. <laughs> that's a good game. Dragon's Crown might last you longer, but Scott Pilgrim's probably a lot more accessible. Any shooters you guys can think of that do uh, four player? Which was the one that came out that totally bombed? Um, Call of Duty does local uh, co-op, I think. Now it is. Yeah, local co-op, but, but you can't play with. Yeah, it wasn't. Play. It wasn't you can't fuse, play local was it? Four player. Actually, fuse. I think I played that. Haze one. was there one called Haze? Uh, I don't remember, but I, I do. Know. I do know the one he just mentioned, Fused. I've. I've actually played that a little bit. Is it spelled like the actual word fused or the word fused with a Z? No, no, no Z. Okay. Yeah, this isn't the 90s. Oh, fuse. Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out what it's called. Haze, cloudy, you know, it's, who knows? Fuse. I've never heard of this game in my life. So I just wanted to check out a few games that uh, we would recommend. But Diablo 3 is probably, it'd be my highest one. Yeah, and since Theology Gaming has actually played that. It's a good game. Yeah. Also, so, the loot grind is good. Should we should we move on into our main topic actually, of discussion? Just one more aside. Buy the Do Ultimate it. Edition if you're buying Diablo 3 for any console, because really the default loot system is not as good. <laughs> it just doesn't. And there you have it. <laughs> so, main discussion. A dog returning to its vomit. Yeah. Or, oh, so we're talking about Proverbs? Yeah, we're talking about Wait. Proverbs 26.11. As a dog returns to his vomit, so fools repeat their folly. What kind of folly have you been repeating today? What games do you return to? <laughs> well, that depends on if you're talking about single player or multiplayer. Let's start with single player first. And, and think of games that you're going back to that are, I mean, they're years old. Yeah, that you've actually played before. I that you've actually that's played the before. other qualifier. Yeah, I uh, spend a lot of time replaying old NES games that I grew up playing. So the one of the things that keeps me coming back is the nostalgia. And uh, the one when I was thinking about this last night, when I heard about what the topic was going to be, the first the games that came to my mind were things like Super Mario and NES Mega Man. And well, and then I got into you know some of the Super Nintendo stuff that I like to play. You know, and I was thinking of Mega Man X and you know 
then you have like fighting games, which are by nature you have to play over and over again anyway. So, you know, things like Street Fighter Two. Those are all good. Mm-hmm. Are, are there any mechanics that end up kind of drawing you back? One of the things that I love about uh, the Mega Man games is that it gives you a lot of freedom with how you play because it, with the initial stages you can play them in any order that you want you know and so when you're a kid there's that aspect of mystery because you might be trying to figure out you know who would be the best boss to go after first and then you are trying to figure out which of the boss's weapons will work best against the other bosses because each one of them is weak to one of their weapons so you kind of it's like playing roulette, you know, you're trying to figure out, you know, whose weapon is going to work on who and if you and if it ends up that it doesn't work, then you got to figure out how to beat that boss using your default weapon. Uh-huh. Yeah, the earlier yeah. games are more varied in that respect cuz I think in Mega Man 2 at least several of the robot masters as they're called nowadays <laughs> um are weak against multiple weapons. Yeah, well, you're thinking of Mega Man 2 where you could pretty much destroy everything with the metal blade because you needed no other weapon. Yeah. That was seriously overpowered. But Woodman, Get you that, can, you never use anything else. But you can kill Woodman with the, uh, the what is his name, Heatman's weapon? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's weak to that technically because you only really need two charge shots for that one. Or you yeah. can use the metal blade. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. The metal blade was seriously overpowered. If I, if I had to pick a weakness... You know, one of the few weaknesses that I think Mega Man 2 has, it's the fact that the Metal Blade was seriously overpowered, which is why I think Mega Man 3 was the first game where I really thought that the we- the special weapons were the most, were, you know, for the first time they were balanced. Yeah. <laughs> Although you know, number because, 2 is brilliant in and of itself. But number two, yeah, Mega Man 2 is brilliant, but I think Mega Man 3 was where the weapons actually were balanced yeah and had i mean there's there is, there's even a there is even a weapon in Mega Man 3 that is like the metal blade but it doesn't have nearly as much reach and it takes up a lot more ammo yeah the shadow blade's okay i guess mm. but it was pretty powerful yeah it's still as good it just has that boomerang effect it's but top spin you're gonna say top spin's actually useful oh Topspin was pretty useless. I never <laughs> used that except against who's weak to that. I Shadow Man. Shadow. Yeah, it was Shadow Man. It was about the only time I used it because the only way you could use it without getting damaged is if you were really, really clever and had dexterous thumbs. So, so Mega Man's like chess is what you guys are saying. Yeah, actually, it is a little. Yeah, bit. Never, actually, yeah. And, I never thought uh, of it that way. You know, what? Mega Man yeah. is very replayable because. If you really want to, you can beat the whole game without using any robot weaknesses at all. Mm-hmm. Or you can go, oh, I'm not going to use any E-Tanks because E-Tanks make the game super easy yeah. or any of this stuff. You can go back to Mega Man a lot and replay yeah. it, and it and doesn't feel throw, old. Yeah, and just throw uh, little challenges on yourself to see if you can get through the game doing that. Even after you've figured out you know, who's weak to what. But even then, you can still mix it up. You can be like, okay, I'm going to go after this guy first instead of... This guy. I'm going to go after Airman first instead of Quickman, which going after Quickman is a bad idea anyway. It's it's doable. <laughs> it's just super hard. Yeah. Or you can go, hey, yeah. there's ten Mega Man games. Which one do I want to play today? Right. Just to throw it, throw a wrench in the works. Maybe. Uh, the last time I played through them, I played through them. I it was actually when I got my collection. 
the collection that had the first eight on yeah, the PlayStation Two. Back in yeah, the day. and I played through the whole thing in order just to see how the you know the game progressed. But also, it's because there was stuff to unlock, <laughs> and you had to play through all eight games to do it. So, what's your favorite Mega Man from the one through ten? Just curious. Oh man, that's like asking a parent to pick his favorite child. Well, I'm <laughs> asking you to pick your favorite. I know child. Uh, it's probably. <laughs> It's probably, for me, it's kind of a toss-up between either 2, 3, or 4, but mostly 2 or 3, because 2 is just stupendous, and it perfected the formula that every Mega Man game after it used. But 3 was also a a little bit more polished, as I mentioned. You know, the, the weapons were a bit more balanced, and... That was also when I really when I thought the series was at its peak and it was the being the most creative. Four was when it's you could argue that it starts to take a bit of a downturn, but it added the trademark gameplay feature of the charge shot, which is kind of a weird feature. But four has a weird vibe to it. I don't know why. <laughs> For me, the one that has the weird vibe is five. For some reason, I I actually I think that's the only one I owned on the NES. I have one through six on the NES. Ooh, man. Good for yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was quite the collector. Well, I ended kid. up renting stuff because, you know, family didn't, yeah. couldn't afford most yeah. of them. So. <laughs> Although I have to admit, Mega Man 7 on the Super Nintendo is interesting because it's, in a lot of ways, it's kind of the redheaded stepchild. It also is the, the only one Wily fight. Out of it does. Games. I hate that Wily fight. <laughs> but it's also the only one on Super Nintendo, so it has a bit of a unique look to it. But going back to the Wily fight, what I find interesting is that it actually has kind of a dark ending. Because yeah, it does. Mega Man become, comes within a hair's breadth of actually killing Wily. And he has to throw the Asimovian uh, Three Laws of Robotics <laughs> at him to get him to not do it. But even then, he almost does it. <laughs> it's the black sheep of the series for more than one reason. That sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a very strange game, and then Mega Man looks angry the whole time because of the way they designed he does. his helmet. He's, he like, does. super angry the whole game. Yeah, but it does cool. have some pretty goofy bosses in 7, but they don't compare it to the awful, awful bosses in 8. God, I hate the bosses in 8. 8 is, um... You know what? I actually like 8, and I know most people hate it. it just forgive me. But it, it looks like an anime, which is great. But all the it bosses, has anime cutscenes yeah, too, and all the bosses have, which is cool. But they're, it's unfortunately the anime cutscenes are horribly dubbed, and the bosses are stupid. They have I hate really, the bosses. They have really horrible voice acting. It's very campy. Oh my gosh, the but, experience but is very campy. That ha- eight has the what I rank as the worst Mega Man boss of all time, and that was Aquaman. And no, I don't mean the awesome <laughs> DC Comics character. No, no, no. I prefer to call the I prefer to call this guy Gay Hippie Bot. <laughs> <laughs> because he has a high pitched voice and his he has a high pitched voice. He makes a little rainbow with his name when he enters the boss room and he throws water <laughs> balloons at you. That sounds Seriously. Cool. Yeah, and he dies like within three seconds. Yeah. I think most of the bosses in that game you can pretty much do without any kind of help at all. Well, there was one boss that I have to... There was one boss that was genuinely good, and then there was one that I said was all right, but only because he was funny when he died, and that was Grenade Man. Because <laughs> when you beat him and he explodes, he yells, that felt good. 
Yeah, wow. it's a li- it gets a little creepy <laughs> if you think about <laughs> these guys too long. I- I- Astro yeah. Man is the hardest one in that game, I think. Is he in that one? I yeah, don't that's the one with the weird... Uh, what do you call it? There's a maze, and it keeps repeating unless you do a certain... You go in a certain way through the stage. Yeah. It just goes on and on and on forever. Yeah, yeah I, th- I kind of... I vaguely remember that, but I kind of block out most of Mega Man 8 from my memory. <laughs> But anyway, Mega Man in the game series, you return to a lot. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it is. I would have to agree that I also return to it a lot, just not in recent memory. <laughs> Strangely enough. That works. All right, hey, that Brian. Works. Yeah. What game do you play a lot? I'm telling you, it's Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing on the DS and then the 3DS. And don't judge me because I know you're judging me right now. I'm not now. judging you. I'm not judging you. I just... But there's something, there's something about town, uh, town planning – um, you know, picking fruit. I don't know. It's just it kind of. I can turn my brain off to it. Feel like I'm doing something, and I can watch TV at the same time. I don't know. It's it's kind of fun. And then you can oppress citizens of your town while Tom Nook looks at you and says, "I have a lien on your house. Obey basically, me." <laughs> basically, yeah. The, the new one on the 3DS is really good because now you have the uh, the powers of a mayor. Um, I really wish that you could be a dictator instead, but. Whatever. Um, <laughs> like, like right now, for instance, I have like the – it's like the beautiful town ordinance in place. And so my town will never have weeds in it. And my my neighbors constantly have to plant flowers and keep everything beautiful while I'm gone. Wow. They're like slaves. Did, did, they're like slaves. Did, did Brian just sort of admit that one of his aspirations in life is to be a fascist dictator? <laughs> or a slaveholder. I don't know which one. <laughs> I have no comment. Um, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> There's an interesting article for TGU, uh, you know, living out dark fantasies in video games. Brian, dictator or slave master? Uh, yeah, you know. You know. No, you know, I, I enjoy management is what it is. Uh, kind of yeah. like with Bravely Default has a, a side deal where you are rebuilding this town. And so you street pass for workers basically to come and work in your town and finish out these um, different buildings in real time. And it's probably one of my favorite aspects of the game, which is really sad. Do um, you street pass successfully around your area? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just go down, like, Starbucks, I think, is like a local street pass place. And then also Nintendo's made it to where you can um, street pass online. Oh, it, okay. for For that game, at least. I so would that, do that. I would do that. Yeah. Because they realize how bad it is in North America to actually street pass with people. Yeah, it's the same problem like Dragon Quest Nine had. You couldn't yeah. basically street pass with anybody because you know you didn't live near anybody. You weren't no. like in a Tokyo subway or something. No, and I, I wish because that game sounded really neat. But yeah, so Animal Crossing is one series that I go back to. Just I enjoy it. Um, my wife and I played it when we were dating. Uh, we both had DSs, and so we do like local multiplayer, and it was fun. Um, and then the other series that I typically go back to, but I, I kind of dabble with them. It's just the, the Final Fantasy series. Huh. Okay, so what Final Fantasy? Just curious. Specifically seven. Seven's probably my favorite. I just kind of chip away at it every once in a while. Did you have you beaten it? You must have. I. <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm. I. What? I'm peeling back the layers. I'm peeling back the layers. I I owned seven on the computer I, I owned it on the playstation probably twice and then i finally actually played the game when i had it on the pc when it first came out and um 
I got all the way down to where you you go down into the crater to take on um, uh, Sephiroth. Genova? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's kind of your main battle with him, I think. And I, I couldn't do it. My characters weren't leveled up high enough, and I was pissed off, and so I just quit. And that was that. Huh. It was. It's an open world. You could have ran around and leveled up. I yeah, did that yeah, for yeah. way too long. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I didn't play 7 until it had been around for several years, and then college got in the way, and I wasn't able to quite finish the game. And then Advent Children was going to be out soon, so I'm like, well, crap, I have to finish this game. Yeah. But Sephiroth had been built up to mythological proportions at that point, so I thought he was going to be super hard. So I waited to go fight him until I got you know three ultimate weapons for three characters and then went after him. And by that point, my characters were in this, the level 70 range, and I wiped the floor with him. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, I wasn't anywhere near there. It's kind of weird, though. With me and in old PlayStation games, I always liked the PC ports that uh, came out for them. Like Metal Gear Solid, I could never beat it on the PlayStation, but when it came out on the PC, I had no problem with it. I have no idea why. It's kind of weird. But the music in the Final Fantasy games released for PC, like 7 and 8, Yeah, it sounds weird to me. Like they used a different program or something for the synths, and it sounds completely different than my memories. So the PC version makes it, it, makes it hard for me to play it. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're a little tinny. Yeah, um, I, I think you can actually get some kind of mod that reverts it back to the playstation version but it's strange that it sounds completely different so so zach what what game do you return to over and over and over well i do return to Mega Man games i kind of look at all 10 and i go i pluck one out and i go hey i haven't played this one in a while but the other series that i end up returning to a lot is also final fantasy mm-hmm. every once in a while i'll because i've watched a lot of the final fantasy games because me and my brother right he would get the Final Fantasy game for whatever that fall, Christmas season, whatever, and I would watch him play through the entire game, right? So that was a fun experience for me, so I've kind of watched a lot of the Final Fantasy games, but I haven't played them. Uh So I end up going back to other Final Fantasies like 7 and 6, and sometimes I jump back to 13, and, you know, I just play through the whole thing. Well, what is it about the the the, the single-player games that brings you guys back to them? I don't know what brings me back to Final Fantasy, to be quite honest. I think certain games in the series are really good mechanics-wise, and then others are just really kind of weird. Like, FF5 is really good to replay because you basically just go, okay, I'm going to use different jobs this time. Because the game is functionally the same and the plot is just as dumb as it was before, but you can mess around with the job classes and see if you can beat the game with less than optimal setups. I guess that I, I should expect that from you because you're the guy who doesn't care about narrative in well, video games. <laughs> I care about narrative to the point where it interferes with the actual game. Or I have to sit through a half-hour cutscene because the game thinks it's important. Yeah, well, because <laughs> there, there are certain games that I enjoy playing because I want to experience the story again. You know, yeah, or or not necessarily the Mega Man games because those have just have really simple stories. But or you play a game to remember or to see whether or not your memories hold up to the actual product, and sometimes they don't, which is somewhat heartbreaking. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. like Final Fantasy VII, I never played through it, so 
when I played through it two or three years ago, I was kind of blown away at how different it was from what I perceived it to be. Because mm-hmm. everybody had hyped it up like Advent Children, Brooding Cloud, all that stuff. Which is not true of the actual game in any way. It's very strange. Yeah. Sometimes but, public perception is a lot different than the actual game. Yeah. Well, that's true of just about any creative product that's you know narrative-driven, whether it's a book or a movie. You know, I've experienced that, too. You know, uh, it, I, I see or read something and it isn't quite what it was made out to be, you know? <laughs> Or I watch something I haven't seen in forever, and I'm like, "Oh, that's not quite how I remember it." But okay, <laughs> you know. But one of the but but one of the things that makes video games interesting, and why I asked it is, you know, it, when you have a narrative-driven game like Final Fantasy, it gives you an opportunity to interact with the story. So you know, that's why some people return to certain video games, especially if they're narrative-driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and most people wouldn't return to Final Fantasy thirteen, for example. But I do plan at some point in the near future on returning to that game, just for the purpose of review, to see whether or not it's as bad as people say it was. <laughs> you know, I, I kind of have a morbid curiosity when somebody says a bad game. A, a game is bad, right? So, and I'm a contrarian by nature, not not for bad. Oh, reasons. really? So, are you going to are you going to play and review Shaq Fu as well? Uh, well, there are some games that are universally bad, and I think we can all agree they are awful. <laughs> no matter whether we rented them back in the day and played them, I think there are some that deserve to be destroyed. <laughs> Super Mario, or not Super? Yeah, Super Mario sixty four. I didn't say that. I meant Superman sixty four. <laughs> <laughs> but you meant say, it. You meant it. Get your it. super people straight there. He doesn't like Super Mario 64. Hate it. What's with all of the hate for the good Zen 64 games <laughs> here? Yeah, Zach hates Ocarina of Time. Yes, people, you can stone him now. I don't and hate it. Brian hates Mario 64. He, he, what, he's asking to be stoned, too. I don't hate Let's... Ocarina. I just don't think it's a very good Zelda game. And that's and I and and I don't hate Mario. Yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> you Banjo- hate it because I d- I don't really like your favorite one, which is Galaxy. Ban- Banjo Kazooie was a much better game. It was, but it was building off of the foundation laid by Mario sixty four. Anyway, we're getting, oh, we're getting rare, off topic. You know what? Whenever you say a rare game is better than a Nintendo game, my heart stops a little bit. I hope it did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a heart murmur. And it's your fault. Oh, okay. All right, fellas, let's get back on track. Well, here. except for Conquer's Bad for a Day, but that's a different case. Wow. Okay, so multiplayer games you go back to. Are there any real quick before we wrap it up? Uh, off the top of my head, multiplayer games I've played in recent memory. Ah, I can't remember. You know what? I, have, I haven't played I, a multiplayer game in a while. That's why I'm having a problem with this. Nintendo have, games in general. There you go. I have a. <laughs> I have friends who, you know, we get together at least, you know, at least once a week and we play a lot of multiplayer games when we hang out. So I have lots of choices there. Uh, and I grew, grew up with a family of four. So we had lots of multiplayer games that we'd go back to. Such as? Oh, for a second I thought I lost signal there. But anyway, um, yeah. Yeah, like what? Some of which I've mentioned when you were asking, you know, about, you know, what multiplayer games to get. So things like I play a lot of fighting games with these guys because that's generally pretty easy multiplayer to get into. And you're usually guaranteed even in this day and age to get local multiplayer on that. So things like Street Fighter, 
Marvel vs. Capcom, uh, Mortal Kombat, WWE All-Stars. Guilty Gear? I've only played Guilty the new Guilty Gear once multiplayer. Blue? Only a little bit, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, compl- they're complicated. <laughs> They are. It's not well. It's not the, the what bugs me isn't that they're complicated. Is that the thing about that kind of turned me off to Blaze Blue multiplayer? Is there is actually one character you can play as? It's like Arakune or whatever. He looks like a blob, and you can seriously button mash and win. Yeah. Well, in later iterations, it. he's not quite as terrible. <laughs> yeah, I, that drove me nuts. But the, and the thing about the about what makes the multiplayer interesting in that, especially with fighting games, is that you're constantly learning new tricks to do in the game, and they may be these things that you know when you use in the training mode or against the computer, they work really well. But then you have to see how they work against real people, and sometimes they don't work quite as well. So you're constantly <laughs> having to re- rethink your strategy and try new things. Sometimes even trying new things on the fly as you're playing. You know, it's like, I've never tried playing it like this, playing this character like this before, but I'm going to see if it works. That sort of a thing. I think usually my, my uh, multiplayer experiences are whatever first-person shooter happens to be laying around. <laughs> Specifics aren't really a big issue in my house, I guess. <laughs> Just an FPS game, huh? Yeah, well, it's like, oh, Halo. Okay, play Halo. I mean, it doesn't <laughs> really matter what Halo. They're all very similar to each other. Mm-hmm. That's why you need to pick up Destiny and come play with me. <sighs> oh, and I was... I, we were so close to not bringing up that we game. We were so close. <laughs> we were so, so close. close. <laughs> Every podcast. Just accept it. I'm just going to accept the game, that. It's the say. game that's going to take over the world, I swear. It's going to compete with Call of Duty. <laughs> It's competing with Call of Duty for world domination. Every time. Somebody has to mention Destiny. <laughs> so, but I've never even played it. Well, I have friends who, who play it, but I don't play it. Well, if we you can, both own If PS2s. you can pick it up for like maybe 20 bucks, I think it's worth it. It is dropping in price, so mm-hmm. that 20, may be 20 bucks awesome. would make it worth it. My problem is I don't have decent enough internet to make it worthwhile. Huh. Are you sure? The game runs on almost nothing. It's crazy. Because my connection really? isn't great either. Yeah, it's huh. it's real cool what they do in the background of that game. Well, that's Bungie for you. That's they make you they, they make you awesome. Um, so any any closing remarks for today? Uh, well, I like playing games I played before just to see if my memory is kind of dumb. Because sometimes it is, but sometimes it's not. And then sometimes what people tell me about games are completely not true. So I end game up like, liars. So, like, I end up going back to, like, Symphony in the Night, for example, just because oh, people yeah. are like, oh, it's boring, whatever. And it's like, no, it's not. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I think it takes a certain – certain co- games have to have certain things about them. That are interesting. Either yeah. that everyone knows about or some people are just weird and just be like, I want to return to this game just because, you know. I want to play – I want to keep going back to Dynasty Warriors because I like mashing one button and always being able to win. It's not but- one button. <laughs> <laughs> or like but, Super uh, Metroid, like how fast can I complete Super Metroid this time? Well, well, yeah, but I'm just thinking, like, I think that games need to need more replay value than what a lot of them, you know, give you. Yeah, you and, know, and not just lengthwise. And, yeah, I mean, it takes certain things to make a game worth returning to. You know, 
getting because it. I think, and I think having more replay value would also make people more willing to shell out the money that they that they're asking for these days. You know, the obscene amount of money they want for new games. I mean, I don't. I the last I haven't bought a new game for a while. You know, most of the time I get my games when they're on sale. But you know, but I think if they had more replay value, then I think people would be more willing to shell out the money because they know that they're getting the most bang for their buck. Yeah, I think that's why I'm happy with my Wii U because it feels like every game on that system I could potentially pick up in the future, even if I played it again, and enjoy it. And I think that's true of most Nintendo games if I had to make a completely overly generalized statement. Well, it's because Nintendo's kind of the Disney of video games. Yeah, there's a quality about them that you could just return to them in the future and not feel very bad about them. Except for Banjo-Kazooie, because it's an awful game to go back to. Uh, yeah, it is. That's rare, not Nintendo. Ah, uh, they're all the same. Banjo-Tooie. Uh, what's that other dumb one that Rare made? <laughs> On the N64? Well, GoldenEye's good, but... In Perfect Dark. I was to say they made a there was a there was a third Banjo Kazooie game on the 360. Yeah, the one that everyone. That's in bolts. That's in bolts. I actually like that one. Let's but. make go karts. This is a platformer. <laughs> I thought it was a I thought it was an interesting idea because let's be honest, Rare hasn't made that many good games since they switched since they got bought out by Microsoft. I don't think Rare has made any games almost. Well, Grab by the Ghoulies, if anyone remembers. It was Grab by the Ghoulies. They made the the third Banjo-Kazooie and lots of Viva Pinata games. Conquer remake? Yeah. They remade Conquer. Conquer live and reloaded. And uh, I think that's... Oh, perfect. And I guess they... And I think they kind of have their name on the new Killer Instinct? Nope. They're not even involved in any way. Wow. Which is why it's good. (laughs) I know some of the people. I know some of the people who worked on the original games, who worked for Rare, worked on the game, sort of, maybe. Yeah, Killer Instinct. Everyone should buy it, but I can't buy it because I don't have an Xbox One. That so. unfortunately is about the only game on the Xbox One currently that I would <laughs> I would want to play. Yeah, it makes me sad. All right, well, you know what? If we keep going on like this, we're good. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, would return gonna... to Killer Instinct Gold. Okay, there you go. There's my relevant. <laughs> addition to this conversation that's funny because this weekend i just st- I, I just played the original killer instinct on the super nintendo and got my butt handed to me by all my friends because i didn't <laughs> play it that much to begin with oh yeah killer instinct is great anyway okay i gotta wrap this cool. up all right so that has been the theology gaming podcast thanks to nathan marchand and brian hall for being on you're welcome today. you're welcome thanks Uh, if you'd like to learn more about Theology Gaming go to TheologyGaming.com if you liked what you heard today which was an interesting podcast (laughs) go to iTunes and give us a 5 star rating we really appreciate it and if you could share it with as many people as possible we also like that if you'd like to talk to us or many of our other fine folk you may go to our Facebook group which is Theology Gaming University where we talk about lots of stuff as it was demonstrated on this podcast. And, and always remember that Super Mario 64 is no good in comparison to Super Mario Galaxy. The end. And Stone if, him! And, man, if, if I could put my hands through my monitor, I would be strangling you right now. <laughs> but, but you can't, and that's, that's no, it. I, 
The laws of physics prevent me. Cool. I just threw my. I just threw something at the screen on yeah. your picture. <laughs> Close that enough. makes me feel better. <laughs> Close enough. All right. Well, this is uh, Zachary Oliver, the owner and proprietor of Theology Gaming, signing off. See you guys later. Bye. Bye.